Welcome. You're listening to Latin Waves with your hosts, Sylvia and Stuart Richardson. Latin Waves is more than just hot rhythms. This is a show about community, about creating a culture that is inclusive and based on fairness. Because everyone deserves dignity, respect, and has something to contribute. A new world is possible, and it all starts with us. I'm delighted to be joined by Jorge Marti. He's the Secretariat of Hensa Venezuela. Welcome to our show, Jorge. Uh, it's a pleasure to be with you, as always. Now, 2023 has been known for many crises. We have a global crisis we are now calling the global boiling, no longer a climate change issue. You know, we are at a crisis point. Perhaps we could begin there. How has the climate change affected not only workers, but life in general? As workers, we face many struggles from trying to keep our countries responsive to peace, trying to keep our society, you know, coexisting, not just with each other, but with nature. Yes, I mean, th this question of the climate change crisis, which is now uh, worsened, obviously, is, is one of the main uh, issues right now because, in fact, what you, what you can see is, is capitalism is threatening the very possibility of the existence of hum human life on, on this planet, or all, all life, I, I would say. And uh, yeah, now, now I mean, right now is this heat wave in in a number of countries, a number of regions in the world. But uh, when it's not the heat wave, it's, it's something else. Extreme weather events uh, are increasing, obviously. And I think there's there's no doubt now, really, that that uh, what's what's triggered this uh, question of climate change is the human action. But uh, it's not it's not as they say, the responsibility of each individual to change the, the consumption patterns or the, or the behavior, that, that is obviously important. And most people are quite uh, prepared to make changes in their everyday life. But in reality, uh, most studies show that uh, most of the pollution that is causing climate change is, uh, is really caused by a small minority of big multinational companies which make multi-billion uh, dollar profits and they still not, are not prepared to, to change uh, anything, uh, no, not even if, if what's at stake is say, saving life on, on the planet. So I will, I will say that question. Uh, obviously, climate change affects disproportionately working class people and people in uh, poor countries or rather countries that are poor because of capitalist and imperialist uh, exploitation that are at the forefront of, of the suffering caused by, by the change in, in climate patterns and so on. But those who are responsible, big capitalist corporations, they're not doing anything uh, at all to, to change this. In fact, I, I would say that we, we live in an extreme contradiction. We have the, the necessary scientific and technological means to at least start seriously to address this question, but this is not being done in any serious way because of the of the private profit uh, motive. Capitalism, the existence of capitalism, is becoming uh, increasingly in in direct contradiction with with, as I said, the existence of human life on on the planet. Not only that, but um, as Biden, you know, decrees a, a climate crisis in North America, we see them ramping up a war. 
And when you think about war, you know, it's the equivalent of millions of trees being clear cut. And we already know the consequences of that. So perhaps we need to talk about this ongoing war machine of capitalism. And, um, and we can pinpoint that lens to Ukraine. You know, this war that has been now almost two years in and its catastrophic uh, impact on, on people, but also in in the level of demoralizing that has created, you know, where as workers, we are trying to create links with people. Um, it seems we are getting farther and farther away from having alliances with each other. Yes, I, I would say this this uh, war is a major feature in our world, world relations. And as you say, this war is being used to ramp up uh, weapons production. 100 years ago, sorry, when, when, when the First World War, Lenin was asked if, if war is a terrible thing. And he said, yes, war is terribly profitable for, for a small minority. The arms uh, manufacturers are rubbing their hands every time there is a war. And now particularly they're rubbing their hands with this war in Ukraine, a massive multi-billion uh, dollar investment in new weapons, uh, more uh, ammunition and so on, which is being uh, pumped into this war so that people can continue to kill uh, each other for the benefit of big powers that are far, far away from uh, Ukraine. This is, this is my opinion, this is an, an inter-imperialist war. It's a war between Russia and the United States, which is being conducted on the territory of Ukraine, and Ukraine is the one that's uh, mainly supplying uh, young men and, and women to die at the at the altar of this war, and and so are young young people from uh, Russia as as well. And it's a war that's completely senseless. The only the only reason for this war is the is the conflict between uh, U.S. imperialism and and Russia, who is which is also a, a, a powerful imperialist power. Perhaps not not as powerful as the United States. There's, there's a, quite a degree of difference. But it's also what's what's Russia's interest in Ukraine are also imperialist interests. And yes, we are being asked to pay for the price of this crisis. Energy prices are going up. Price of food is going up. This is not caused directly by the war, but it's, it's a situation that's aggravated by the war. Uh, the, the high high prices of fertilizers, high price of grain, high price of energy. Uh, sources, which is aggravated by the war. And recently, the German government has approved a new budget. And the new budget includes 30 billion euro worth of cuts, which is, I don't know, approximately 40 billion US dollars worth of cuts. All departments, healthcare, education, care for the elderly, pensions, everything is being cut, with the one exception of the defense budget, which is massively, being massively ramped up. Obviously, the Rhine Metall, which is the main uh, manufacturer of weapons in, in Germany, they're all very happy, but uh, working class people are paying the, the price, when in reality, working class people from uh, the US, working class people from Russia, working class people from Ukraine, are basically brothers and sisters. They, they have nothing against each other, but they are being uh, pushed against each other in this, this uh, murderous, bloody uh, war, which has been going on for many months now, uh, in the interests of uh, big business and uh, capitalism, in the interest of the struggle between different powers for the appropriation of spheres of influence and sources of raw material, fields of investment, and, and so on for destructive purposes. Despite the signals that our governments are irresponsive and are acting in, in a way that benefits very few and ignore the needs of the majority, 
I think what we also see is that workers continue to struggle. We see it in the worker struggles in France, you know, protecting their pensions. Uh, perhaps since we're talking about budgets being cut and budgets being um, reduced to, uh, to be at the service of war, can we talk about our own struggles? How do we sustain our continued resistance to imperialism and capitalism and create a way forward? in the midst of all this crisis? Yes, the, the one struggle that you mentioned, the French uh, struggle against the pension reform, was really uh, an amazing, uh, courageous and, and struggle that we, we should draw example from. They, they basically went on a massive wave of uh, strikes and demonstrations for three or four months from February until the beginning of uh, June against this one measure of the very unpopular Macron government that wanted to increase retirement age by two years from 65 to 67. But this was just the trigger for this movement. It was generally a movement against right-wing policies, against the, the, the lowering of wages as caused by inflation. Uh, the young people also became involved. And I think a turning point in this struggle was at the, the point at which, uh, and this is very significant, a point at which Macron wasn't sure that he could get a majority in parliament for this uh, measure. And so he used decree powers under the Article 49.3 from the French Constitution to pass this very unpopular reform uh, without any parliamentary consultation. So that is completely scandalous. During this strike, Macron was saying that a few handful, small handful of uh, petrochemical workers are holding the country to ransom. That, that, on the one hand, shows the power of the working class. A small number of uh, petrochemical workers can paralyze the country. That, that shows the working class can change things. But at the same time, the ones who are holding the country to ransom is a small, uh, small handful of uh, capitalist parasites. And the government is acting in the interest, even when 90% of the population is against and, and they can't even get a vote through the, their own uh, parliament. This, this is completely scandalous. And this is what brought many young people out on the streets during this French uh, movement. Now the movement has ended, and it did not end in a victory. And I think that there was many, many problems with the strategy of the trade union leaders. In fact, inside the CGT, the main trade union in France, there was an opposition called Unity CGT, which won one of the votes at the CGT Congress. And they were advocating that instead, instead of having isolated one-day days of action uh, every two weeks or every week or every 10 days, that they should have an escalation towards an all-out strike, a, a bit like what happened in 1968. And I think that they were right. But anyway, their the, the strategy in the end didn't uh, come through. They didn't have enough strength within the movement. The bureaucracy prevented them from carrying these this actions forward, and the movement was defeated. But this is not the end of the story. Uh, just a month later, we saw a massive explosion of uh, youth, particularly the migrant uh, youth, the, the Arab uh, communities in, uh, in France against police violence and police brutality uh, after the killing of a young uh, French-Algerian uh, uh, person in in. Um, in France, a massive movement is like the, the, the George Floyd movement of uh, France. So the, the struggle never, never ends. The question that we need to ask ourselves is, is what's the best 
strategy for winning what, what is required is uh, the, the workers uh, youth they are they are prepared the oppressed in general they are prepared to struggle what is perhaps missing is uh, is a leadership that has a clear strategy how to win i mean you you are based in british columbia and we just seen this big strike of the of the dockers and twice the longshore uh, the, the, the dock workers have voted against uh, an agreement that was recommended by the leadership of the of the union so i will say the workers are prepared to to struggle they are prepared to strike they are prepared to make sacrifices the workers, the poor, the peasants, the youth, the women, all the oppressed sections of society, uh, whenever they are offered an, a, a way forward, they are prepared to struggle and make sacrifices. What's perhaps most of the times missing is a clear leadership that can, can lead such a movement to victory. Uh, the struggle is always there because what drives the struggle is uh, the crisis of capitalism, forces people. People can no longer live in the, in the old way. And uh, at certain occasions, there are explosions of struggle, explosions of anger. Here in Britain, we're also living through a wave of strikes. In the last one year, there's been big strikes in the health sector, uh, in transport, railways, also amongst the teachers, primary school teachers, secondary school teachers, university lecturers, a whole number of strikes. The latest one is strike, uh, a threatened strike of the Gadwick workers, the ground handling uh, workers. They threatened to go on strike in the middle of the holiday season, and they won. They won wage increases between 13 and 18 percent, well above uh, inflation. So that shows that the struggle pays and the struggle uh, is useful. But many times, as I said before, what, what is missing is a proper leadership that can lead those struggles to to victory and even without a leader you know sometimes we can see that the masses continue to mobilize and organize and you know in some ways i think often the people lead and the leaders follow you know it it it, it seems to be that case uh, for many of our movements in latin america you know despite all the aggression against mexico wanting to join BRICS and all the threats that they would be invaded and occupy. We've seen those, um, you know, different alliances being mobilized. So I, I feel that in, in so many ways, we are facing this uh, level of violence from capitalism because it is on these last days, you know, it is some, a system that needs to end and something new must be put in place in, in order to not only safeguard life, but also to allow us to continue to live. Because the question now is, will we be able to live on this planet, you know, if we continue as we are? So I wonder if we could talk about the meetings that have been taken in Africa and how um, there is also the energy of creating coalitions away from imperialism, imperialism and imperialistic bipolar powers. Yes, that, that is true. I mean, even even uh, more recently, there has been this uh, coup in uh, Niger, and there's there's been coups and overthrows of governments in a whole number of countries in that uh, area, the, the the belt that goes from uh, Guinea uh, all the way to to East uh, Africa, in a whole number of countries in the last one year or two years. And one key element of this is a rejection of French imperialism. 
France is one of the former colonial powers in Africa and still maintains a colonial uh, or semi-colonial imperialist uh, uh, intervention in many of these countries through military bases, through uh, multinational companies, uh, exploiting natural resources and so on. We, we say sometimes these are poor countries, but in reality they are not poor. They're very wealthy in, in natural resources, in minerals and so on. The, the, the people are poor because these resources are in the hands of the few multinationals. And in Niger, this is quite clear. One, one of the French imperialism has said we do not accept this uh, military overthrow. The, the regional alliance of countries that is under the, the domination of U, U.S. and French imperialism have said we're going to intervene militarily in this country. And what's the reason? Because uh, Niger is a strategic uh, country. It's a country that uh, controls the, the routes for migration into Europe from sub-Saharan uh, Africa. It's a country that is also uh, on, on, the, on the doorstep of the Sahel, where, where there's Islamic terrorism uh, going on. But above all, it's a country that produces a large amount of the uranium that uh, is, is mined anywhere in the, in the world. And France depends heavily on nuclear power for the energy consumption. And, and for nuclear power, they need uranium. And so that is the basis for, for this. There's been a, a movement away, a movement against the influence of French imperialism. But I will say that the problem is uh, here that uh, in some of these cases where French, pro-French imperialist governments have been uh, overthrown, sometimes this has been just been replaced by pro-Russian uh, governments. And Russia wants exactly the same thing that uh, France wants, access to raw materials, spheres of influence. So this, this is not an improvement. And I think that we need to go back to uh, genuine revolutionary ideas, which existed in, existed in Africa 60, 70 years ago. The idea of uh, African uh, unity uh, and the use of natural resources for the benefit of the majority of the African uh, people, workers, peasants, the poor. But this can only be done uh, as I say, not just as the struggle against one set of imperialist robbers so that another different set of imperialist robbers can benefit, but, but a fundamental transformation of society in which workers and peasants take control. And they take control of the natural resources, uh, the factories, the land, and so on. And, they, uh, and the first thing that they, that they need to do is to throw away foreign debt, which is one of the, uh, one of the clearest uh, ways in which imperialist domination is, is exercised in, in these countries. Let's talk about our own struggles in Latin America. We've had a year full of um, worker struggles, and um, it's important to acknowledge that we are united in our desire to create a world where workers are not only seen as workers, we're also fathers, we're also sisters, we're also mothers, we're also people who create culture, people who create beauty, and people who define and design new futures, you know, for ourselves. I would say that in the last uh, half a year, there have been perhaps three, uh, I will highlight three uh, struggles. The first one is the struggle in Peru against the military coup. The coup, the coup was in uh, December. They removed uh, President Castillo, who had been uh, elected democratically 16 months earlier in 2021. 
And uh, and he was removed from power. And the reason he was removed from power is because he had a program of uh, basically using the natural resources of the country, particularly mining, for the benefit of the majority. And the oligarchy couldn't accept that. The multinationals couldn't accept that. And they started sabotaging his government from day one. Unfortunately, he he made a number of concessions. He watered down his program. He made concessions to the to the powerful, the rich, the wealthy, the bosses, confederation, and so on. But nevertheless, they they wanted to remove him because he is a teacher trade unionist who comes from a poor rural area in Cajamarca. And that in itself is a threat to the power of the capitalist class, the capitalist oligarchy and imperialists in, in Peru. The idea that someone who comes from the working people can rule the country, that's, that's anathema to them in itself. So finally, he was removed on the, on, at the beginning of December. And that triggered a, a wave of mass mobilizations, really uh, powerful. The fact that the new government of Dina Boluarte has no legitimacy, he used the army, the police. Over 40 people were killed officially by police repression, but the real figure is probably higher police and army repression. We, 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 here we see the army using uh, assault rifles against the unarmed uh, civilian population that were protesting against the anti-democratic coup. And, uh, and there was not a peep from the United States. On the contrary, the United States supported this coup, illegitimate coup government of Dino Boluarte. Now, the, finally, at the, the beginning of, in the middle of February, the protests more or less uh, subsided. Of course, people can't be on the streets all the time, and, and there wasn't a clear perspective for, for victory. But now, in the last uh, week, the protests have resumed in what they describe as La Segunda Toma de Lima, taking over Lima for the second time. And these demonstrations have been big. Uh, it shows that uh, the government and, and Congress have not reestablished legitimacy. I think the, the approval rates for the, for the coup president, Dina Boluarte, is around 10%. Approval ratings for the Congress is about 7%. So the overwhelming majority of the people don't, don't want any, any of this. Uh, but they remain in power through through repression and through the lack of a clear strategy to overthrow them. But the, but this is not the end of the story. This this government has uh, illegitimate government has not reclaimed legitimacy, and uh, sooner or later there will be another wave of uh, mobilizations. The second one I wanted to mention is the mobilizations in Jujuy, in the north uh, west of. Uh, Argentina, mass mobilizations into two provinces, in fact, not just in Jujuy, but also in in Salta, uh, mobilizations of the indigenous people, mobilizations of the peasant communities, uh, mobilizations of the teachers, uh, uh, teachers, primary and secondary school teachers. And these mobilizations went on, uh, still going on in in the case of Jujuy, mass movements with road blockades, clashes with the police, most brutal uh, police repression, the arrest of leaders. And uh, behind this, one of the key questions was the question of uh, lithium. Lithium is now a very important uh, mineral because it's used for electric uh, car batteries. And uh, the production of lithium is is concentrated in a few parts in in the planet. And one of them is this area, Chile, Bolivia, and uh, and the north of Argentina, this, this area. Is where, lar- where the largest concentrations of lithium are found anywhere in the world. And, and, and in order to extract lithium, they need a lot of water and they need a disruption of natural resources and so on. And obviously, uh, 
the local population are protesting against uh, against this, and, and these are very interesting, very significant, very important, very courageous mass movement in in the northwest of Argentina, a country that's in the the grips of the IMF through this mechanism that we were talking about, the foreign debt. Foreign debt that was contracted by uh, the government of Macri, that was given for political reasons under pressure from President uh, Trump in the United States so that Macri will win the election. Uh, and now the country is saddled with this massive debt. Unfortunately, the, 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 the government of Alberto Fernandez has accepted this debt instead of repudiating it. And now it's negotiating the terms for the return of this uh, money at the cost of the interests of the majority of the population. And finally, the third one I wanted to mention is Cuba. Cuba is in, in an extremely difficult economic situation. So it's like a perfect storm of negative economic uh, factors. The, the pandemic, the, which led to a collapse in tourism, which is one of the main sources of income for the country. The crisis in Venezuela, which uh, was uh, supplying with uh, Cuba with cheap oil. The rise in the prices of food that Cuba has to import from the world market. The rise in the prices of uh, energy products and sources of energy, which Cuba imports from the world market and so on. Plus the, the, the increase the tightening of the noose of the embargo by the United States under the Trump administration, which the Biden administration has kept intact. And nevertheless, Cuba has resisted uh, for the last six months and for the last two or three years, a very difficult uh, situation. And is one country that deserves our solidarity, uh, not, not only practical solidarity, but also political solidarity. The, 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 the spread of revolutionary movements around Latin America, the advance of the revolutionary movement in capitalist countries is, is in the long term, in the medium and long term, the only thing that can save the Cuban uh, revolution. Because this, this is what, what we uh, must draw as a, as a general conclusion. You cannot have socialism. You cannot have social transformation just in one country. Obviously, you must start somewhere. But uh, socialism must be a worldwide system because capitalism and imperialism exist as a worldwide system. And as long as it is left somewhere to continue to exist, it will try to destroy any attempts by working people to get uh, organized and to take control of their future into their own uh, hands through any means necessary, through the means of a military intervention through the means of a military dictatorship, of which we know a lot in Latin America, uh, through the means of an embargo, economic sanctions, sanctions on third countries, and so on. Um, sanctions, uh, after all, are also a form of uh, war, war by economic uh, means. So, yes, I would say uh, th these are three very important struggles, including the courageous resistance of the, of the working people of Cuba and uh, the best way to help these struggles is to spread the ideas and the practice of uh, revolution everywhere. So as you said before, this, this capitalist system in its senile decay stage becomes more violent, more uh, damaging to the environment, and, and really threatens the existence of life on, on the planet. So we must put an end to it. It's so interesting that uh, we are doing a review but at the same time, I think we are looking at our struggles, you know, and it's, as you point out, Latin America has had over 100 years of fighting U.S. imperialism. But worldwide, you know, we are now at the point where our struggles are interlinking, you know, whether it be through climate change, becoming 
global warming now becoming global boiling, we are needing to become united in our efforts. So what keeps you motivated? What keeps you energized? Today we have the technology and the means of production necessary to produce a world of plenty. And nevertheless, uh, people are still dying of hunger, malnourishment of curable diseases. So, yes, I mean, we draw inspiration from our own history of struggle, from current struggles, and at the end of the day, from the fact that we could build a paradise on Earth if only, and this is the only obstacle, if only we overthrow this uh, rotten capitalist system, the private profit uh, motive that runs uh, behind the, the economy, that controls the economic decisions. And, uh, and this is possible. It's not only possible, it's necessary. And today it's more necessary than, than ever, I would say. Thank you so much for being with us today. It's been, a, it's been a pleasure, as always. Thank you for listening to Latin Waves. Latin Waves is an independently produced syndicated radio program made available for free to campus and community radios and also to the world at latinwavesmedia.com. Please visit the website to hear previous shows, hear about upcoming events, and consider becoming a member for as little as $1 per month.